I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3. We will return, Lord willing, to the days of Elijah in 1 Kings next time I get up here to preach. But today I want to help us to get ourselves ready for the Good News Cruise. We're working hard to get all the details together. We need your help. Water bottles, gift bags, door prizes, cooler canopies, setup, parking, food service, all the things Keith talked about. All hands on deck this week. We need to get all of that ready for our big event. But even more important than all of that, we need to get ourselves ready spiritually. Because you may have noticed, we've put a big target on your back. Anybody seen the back of the t-shirts yet? The t-shirts are out there and you're going to walk home with it today. We put an invitation on your back. The back is really cool. Jeff came up with this with this uh, design for us. It has our hide the word theme verse on there, the reference, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, ask me about the smooth route. Ask me about the smooth route. So, on Saturday, if they ask you, what are you going to say? If someone says to you on Saturday, okay, so uh, what's this smooth route? This smooth route? What, what, what's that all about? What are you going to say? Are you ready to answer? Because we put a big target on your back that says, ask me. And some of you are all of a sudden saying, oh, I wish I hadn't ordered a t-shirt. I'm not wearing my t-shirt this Saturday. But the fact is that God has placed a big invitation target on our backs already. Ask me. If you're a Christian, if you've been marked out as one of Jesus' followers, then you need to be ready to talk about Him whether you wear a t-shirt or not. You know, that's what baptism is. It's like putting on the t-shirt for the first time and going out into public. It says, I'm with Jesus. Go ahead, ask me about Him. Are you ready to answer? That's what Peter is talking about in chapter 3 of his first letter. Peter is writing to Christ followers who are being persecuted for their faith. They are doing good and being good, but they're suffering for it. They're getting a raw deal. By the way, that's one thing we do not mean by the smooth route. We do not mean that if you trust in Jesus, your life will run smoothly all the time. No bumps, no roadblocks, no detours. Is that what Jesus promised us? No bumps, no roadblocks, no detours? What did He promise us? In this world you will have trouble. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the smooth route. When He says, He will make your path straight, He will direct your paths, you will get home safely. In other words... We will safely reach our destination by faith. That's the smooth route. Not that it won't be painful at times. These Christians were certainly experiencing the painful times. And Peter was encouraging them to hold on, to keep doing what was right, even when they weren't seeing the blessings yet in return. And so in the middle of this kind of teaching, Peter tells his readers to always be ready to answer questions about their hope in God. Because they have a big target on their back saying, ask me. Ask me. Let's read it. 
We're jumping into the flow at, of, at chapter 3, verse 15, and we're just going to go to the first part of verse 8. It's all we have time for this morning. 1 Peter three fifteen through 18a. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, get us ready for the Good News Cruise. Help us, Lord, to do all the work. It's a lot of work for an exciting day. But help us more importantly to get our hearts ready to reach out to our community and to be ready to answer the question about Jesus. And not just for the Good News Cruise. Do this, Lord, so that we're ready every day when we go outside of our door, when we get online, when we interact at work, when we interact on the play, playground, on the playing field, at the family gathering, in the neighborhood. Get us ready, Lord to answer. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In this passage, I see at least three ways that we need to get ready spiritually for the Good News Cruise and the rest of life. Here's the first. Ready your heart. Ready your heart. Look at verse 15 once again with me. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. You won't be ready to talk about Jesus if your heart isn't right with Jesus. Right? If you're running around estranged to Jesus, you're not going to be in a good place to talk about Him. In this context, Peter is telling the believers to not live in fear of other people, but instead to set apart Christ as Lord at the heart level. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Do you need to hear that message this morning? I do. Especially when I'm going into a possible evangelistic encounter. A potential gospel sharing moment. What am I normally thinking about? Me, right? I'm worried. I'm afraid of what someone's going to say to me, do to me, or gasp. Think about me. Right? But Peter says, don't think about that. Think about how Jesus is your Lord. The old King James Version says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Worship Him at the heart level. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's how you get your heart ready to reach out at the Good News Cruise. Or at work. Or at school. Or at soccer. Or in your neighborhood. Wherever. In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Now that means prayer, doesn't it? We've been praying for the Good News Cruise every month at the Harvest Prayer Time, every Wednesday night at the prayer meeting, and I'm sure lots of other places. Have you prayed for yourself and the Good News Cruise? That you would, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord? Is there some area of your life that is not under the Lordship of Christ? Some area that you're holding back from Him? 
that you've separated from the Lord in your heart. Repent. Set apart Christ as Lord in your whole heart, in your innermost being. That's where the all comes from, right? In our key verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your, wa- in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Set apart all of your hearts to the Lord. Ready your heart. Number two, ready your mouth. It's not good enough to just set apart Christ in our hearts. We must all ta- also talk about Him with our mouths. People need to know the Gospel. They need to know the good news of Jesus Christ. So somebody's got to tell them. Look again at verse 15. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. This is like the Christian Boy Scout verse, right? Always be prepared, right? Be prepared to serve someone a hot dog on Saturday. Yes. Be prepared to park another car. Yes. But also, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Ask me about the smooth route. So, what are you going to say if someone asks you? Everybody ought to have something ready to share. It doesn't have to be long. In fact, it shouldn't be long. If your answer is a half an hour sermon to that question, you're doing it wrong. Right? You're like, nobody's going to do a half hour sermon except you, Pastor Matt. Right? But it would be, that would not be right. That's not what we're looking for on Saturday. Saturday is not a preaching event. Try 30 seconds. Have you ever heard of an elevator speech? They teach salesmen to give their presentation or their pitch in the same time it takes to ride an elevator with someone you want to persuade. Now, we're not selling anything here, especially not the gospel. But we can learn to give an elevator ride length answer to Jesus' questions. Go ahead and try it. I'm going to give you one minute. To your neighbor, answer the question, what is this smooth route? Say that to the person next to you and then give them a chance to answer to you. Now that wasn't so bad, was it? Some of you are like, I'm never coming to church again. Now these instructions from the Apostle Peter have a lot more to do with just being ready to speak out than they do to having a short speech prepared. Jesus said that when you're drug in front of kings and rulers and you have to give an account don't worry about what you're going to say the spirit will give you utterance peter's not teaching that we have to have a sales pitch ready to go but he is saying that we need to be ready to speak when i was a student at moody bible institute they used to tell us that we needed to be ready to preach pray or die at a moment's notice and i was always like which one do you want because some of those are easier than the others Of course, some of you are thinking, I'd rather die than preach or pray. The point is that people need Jesus. And we need to be ready to talk about Him. Do you know who was good at that? Blair Murray was good at that. And he's going to be missed at this year's cruise in. Keith has written a little tribute to Blair and to Lenny Mondock. You remember Lenny? Lenny was always in the center of the fun at the Good News Cruise. He was the guy who was arranging for us to have all those chips and stuff donated. 
Since last year's cruise, we have lost both Blair and Lenny. And Keith has written up this little tribute to them that will be in each of the bags for all the vehicle participants and out on the literature table for the spectators to grab. It's called Missing But Not Gone, what Blair and Lenny would want you to know today. So it's like a tribute and a gospel tract put together. You know, some of you may want to use that in your answer. What's the smooth route? Let me get you this thing Keith's written, and it explains it. I'm not going to tell you today how to answer this question. I'm not going to give you a little canned speech for you to deliver on Saturday. That's not how it works in real life, is it? If we have 120 of us here on Saturday working, we should have like 120 different answers. I've put a letter in each of the participants' bags that explains the smooth route and quotes Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You could refer somebody to that. Or you could quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 yourself and say what it means to you and how you've seen it work in your life. It's going to be on each bottle of water. It's on all of the little Scripture card tags that get attached to each door prize. And you should have it memorized by now. I think you did. I think everybody could fill in the blanks up there. Here's the point Peter is making. You have hope. Right? You have hope. And people need hope. And they are going to want to know where your hope comes from. Be ready to tell them. That was especially true for Peter's readers because they had hope even when things were going really bad. They were living their lives in such a way that people could tell there was something different about them. Hey, you're getting beat up from the people around you. Why are you so happy? Where did your joy come from? Where does your hope come from? Do you know you're being persecuted? Let me tell you. Do you have a painful hope? I mean a hope that comes through the tears. Back on September 11th, during the terrorist attacks, the author Jill Briscoe was on a plane to the United States that got redirected to Greenland, of all places, for two weeks. And everyone was miserable there. No one could go home. They had to sleep on military cots. And New York was in rubble. And Jill Briscoe had a kind word a shared blanket, a smile for others, even when they gave her grief about it. She wrote that when she got back, some of the people said, what in the world do you have to smile about? And she says, so I told them. Are you ready to tell people what you're smiling about? Maybe God is bringing pain into your life so that your hope shows through so that people ask. If you weren't hurting, they might miss the hope. But your hope is all you have when you hurt. So God brings in pain to bring out your hope and make them ask. Ready your mouth. Number three and last, ready your manner. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about this. Look at verse 15 once again. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You're ready to talk. But, he says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So our manner matters. 
It matters how we talk to people, not just what we say. Peter says, with gentleness. That means don't shove it down their throats. Saturday is not the day for shoving Jesus down people's throats. Okay? Be tender with people. Warren Wearsby reminds us that when we're doing evangelism, we are witnesses, not the prosecuting attorney. The purpose of explaining our hope is not winning an argument, but winning souls to Christ. And that can only be done with gentle winsomeness. Let's be ready to do it that way. Peter says, with respect. That means not lording your knowledge over them, but handing it to them respectfully. You aren't a Christian because you're so great and they're so bad. You're a Christian because of the grace of God. So we should show that grace to them as we share our hope with them. And he says, with a clear conscience. That means living the life that we're talking about on the inside as well as the outside. Not being a hypocrite. Walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Because people are watching our lives to see if it matches our words. Do you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Do you lean not on your own understanding? Do you acknowledge Him in all your ways? They want to know if that's for real, not just some sales pitch. People are watching your life to see if it matches your words. Not perfectly, but truly. Is it real? Because if it does, Peter says, then someday, if only on Judgment Day, they will be ashamed if they picked on you. Look at verse 16 again. So that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now hopefully nobody at the Good News Cruise will be slandering you. But if you're getting it in the rest of life, we have this vindication to look forward to. Verse 17. It is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So keep on doing good. Because that's what Jesus did. Verse 18. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He showed us the way. Gentleness, respect, a clear conscience. That's the manner in which we should give out the gospel. It's the way, the way of love. We need to love the people we talk to. Even the ones who are against us. That's what Jesus did when we were against Him. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Let's tell them that. Because that's the gospel. That's the good news that this cruise is built on. It's not the good news that we're great people that love to put on a party for our community. It's the good news that we're bad people that Jesus came to save. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. doesn't have to be fancy. That's a very short sentence. We just have to keep our focus on the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's ready our hearts. Let's ready our mouths. Let's ready our manner. And let's go out there this Saturday and in the rest of life and answer the question we've got hanging on our backs.